Hello and welcome to the No Sell Podcast, your weekly home for all things wrestling. This week we get to mark out No Sell for 20 shows this week, Corey. Feels like it. Feels like it. It's it's a busy weekend upcoming. Yep, and then there was a busy weekend last with a uh, collision with AEW and all the clusters after. So uh, let's get into this week. I'm your host, Joseph Lesso. I'm alongside the enforcer, the human wrestling database, Corey Mack. Can you be the enforcer if your back hurts so bad you're bedridden? You you uh you spine busted a couple people, right? So I had to do. Feels like I spine busted myself. I w- I uh, wonder if it's because of the Roma that you did last week. You just you overdid know what? it. I got too close to the Paul Roma son. Yep. And uh and I'm paying the price. Yep. And let's not forget the marquee of No Cell, Mike Boobel. And as a teaser for my my two fellow co-hosts, as they, even they don't know about this yet, I have a Paul Roma-related surprise later in the podcast. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Now um, I am a tingle with anticipation. You, you're, you're, you're back perked up just a one vertebrae at a time. Yeah, one vertebrae got better. I was like, oh, yes. Well, let's first, so sadly, we weren't able to make it to PALS. Uh, we have issues the other night. Um, but we we had issues. We, we had issues. issues. We all had issues. Um, Corey had a back issue. I had a a family, uh, my brother basically saying, hey, I need help. My car needs to be jumped, and I'm an hour and a half away. So I'm like, fantastic. But hopefully we can do a uh, be able to watch the show down the line, and we will give a special review yes. episode yeah. down the line, hopefully sooner. And- and for me, uh, I was busy taking out Corey. That's what happened. God damn it. You were that. Yeah. You Tanya Harding, you, you Tanya Harding him, but just through his did. back. I did. Was I Tanya any good? Did anybody see I Tanya? I heard uh, decent okay. I've heard it's good if you want to, like, watch a movie where Tanya Harding is portrayed as the victim. Oh, wow. It's a bold, it's a bold strategy, Cotton. That's, that's different. Yeah. Apparently, all of her like uh, terrible life she had growing up, which you know sucks. Uh, apparently, she uses as justification to hit another chick in the knee with a lead pipe. Oh, by God, by God! But let's talk about uh, before we do all the long markout no so Let's talk about last week for a bit. Well, hold, on, hold, on. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, uh, holding on. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't start it off with. Talking oh, at least about superstar Billy Graham. Right, I That's what I was yeah. gonna say. Yeah, yeah I forgot Passing that. Away, yeah, the man uh, is definitely within the top one percent of the most influential professional wrestlers of all time. And if anybody thinks that's a bold statement, uh, Hulk Hogan. That's all I'm gonna say. I give you Hulk uh, Hogan and Scott Snyder. <laughs> yeah, there, there's so many more. I mean, Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes stole from him. Too mm-hmm. like the cadence of the promos and the, but Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Scott Steiner, uh, Muhammad Ali, Aust- Muhammad Ali, Austin Idol, uh, Randy Savage with that over the top character. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody stole from superstar Billy Graham and and also if if it wasn't for superstar Billy Graham in '77 holding the title and actually being successful with it. I mean, from that moment on, Vince Jr. had his idea of what he wanted his uh, champion to look like. 
And I will say more than anybody who stole from him, Hulk Hogan is probably the luckiest motherfucker in the world that he had the ability to, to ape him so well. Because come 84, when Vince Jr. was ready to take control and show his version of the WWF, I mean, he went out and found the guy that could, that could do the superstar shtick. So, yeah, he was... I mean, but let's not also, let's not, let's not uh, mess out on the, the dark side of Billy Graham. Uh, ultimate carny, ultimate uh, lying wrestler fuck. I mean, before he was a wrestler, he was an evangelical uh, preacher guy working for uh, the other Billy Graham, I think. Um, if I remember correctly. I haven't read his uh, biography in quite a while, but it's interesting. Uh, truthful? Eh, but interesting, yes. Um, and he did say some, he, he straight out lied and said some terrible things in the early nineties during that, uh, steroid trial and sex abuse stuff that the WF went through. So, you know, both sides of the coin, ultra like important member of wrestling history, but also it to be fair, one of the all time scumbags in the wrestling industry as well. Um, and he'd been having health problems for Jesus 20, 30 years, but it gotten progressively worse. But yeah, uh, rest in peace to one of the most important professional wrestlers of all time. I mean, you kind of alluded to it, but without superstar Billy Graham, uh, wrestling doesn't look the way it does today. Absolutely not. Now, before him, there were, I mean, there were nice physiques, don't get me wrong. But there, but, but you go back and watch early '70s WWF shows. A lot of pot bellies, a lot of uh, a lot of flab, a lot of. Uh, I mean, you had Gravin Putskis who had a great physique eventually, and mm-hmm. um, and the like. But nothing like Billy Graham. I and mean, what about his son Scott Putsky? Oh uh, well, but, uh, less said about him the better. Uh, <laughs> but after Billy Graham, I mean, yeah, I mean, the the next thirty years don't look the same. At all without him. Any Corey, any I don't know. I don't know if you mentioned I was uh, any top three matches to go watch or something. Uh, Billy Graham isn't exactly your the world's best worker. Not the best work rate. But the stuff with Dusty Rhodes in the seventies at MSG is well worth your time just to just to see how fucking charismatic both of them were. I mean, holy shit. Um, other than that, the best thing you can do with Graham is just go on YouTube and watch promos. More that's promo where, guy, yeah, yeah. That's where you're gonna see where not just the physique, but the promo has been ripped off so many times. Um, the '80s and '90s don't happen without Superstar Graham, so that's where you really want to focus on Superstar, the man of the ma- the man of the hour, the man with the power, the man too sweet to be sour. He lifts barbell plates. He Tebow steaks. Hmm. What you see is what you get. What you don't see is better yet. That's a great line. <laughs> can, can Corey? Can you remember uh, your credit card number, or do you just know that one? <laughs> no, I just know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know my debit. I know my debit card number. I'll top uh, my head. <laughs> I had like nine oh. cards in, in the past month, uh, two months, so I cannot tell you anything. So, but there's one uh, pro- real quickly before we go on. There's <laughs> one promo though from like '76, I believe where he's getting ready for a match 
and Vince's Vince Jr. being the commentators interviewing him and his manager, the Grand Wizard, at the ringside. And he's straight up like, I can't even begin to tell you how much of the Annabelle stories I'm going to take to get ready for this match, Jack. <laughs> it's just right there. I'm like, God damn, things have changed. Oh my God. That's hilarious. So, wait, are you telling me he was not clean? No, 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 no. He's not yeah. clean like Scott Steiner. And he once paid back, he once paid back Stu Hart for training in the dungeon by stealing a TV from a hotel room and giving it to Stu. I mean, awesome. I wouldn't turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> back in that day, come on. This is back in the days where they had to steal bars at the bottom that were tied to the table and all that. So he, he comes through with this big old TV with a steel bar attached to the bottom of it. Also, like I lo- like you know, like he didn't just sneak out with that TV. He walked by the front desk and said, "What? What are you gonna do about <laughs> it?" Yep. Uh, he was definitely I, the gift that kept on giving. I, I brought this with me. <laughs> yeah, I brought this with me, and I'm taking it, Jack. <laughs> uh. So, um, let's talk about uh, AEW. Last week, we had a, a big announcement by one Tony Khan, and basically that was going through <laughs> all morning. big. Do you mean it was the announcement we've known about for two months? Is that the big one announcement we're talking about? That's the big one. That's the big one. Minus, minus a pretty big part of it. Yeah. Minus one small omission. As uh, Tony announced, or Warner Brothers announced the day of, that it will be uh, AEW Collision on Saturdays um, with a certain logo that looks super familiar to most fans <laughs> copy and paste kind of i like it i won't lie i'm you know like but they just copy and paste it but i like it it was it was purposely done as an homage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh i fucking love it it's already my favorite wrestling show of the week now uh forget dynamite forget certainly forget raw and smackdown i'll i'll be a collision guy just for the logo alone as and, it's the old nitro colors and logo so that's and really logo. Cool. Yeah, and they said um, live every week, right? Yep. Um, I think oh, I saw boy. I I saw something that it's gonna be live every week, but there may be a show or two that will be taped, like prior to. So I don't know. I just saw what I saw. It's mostly live every Saturday. Of course, yeah. it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be preempted certain times of the year. I would have to guess. Yeah, for sure. Because uh, yeah. because it's uh, it's not even the six or five. I mean, it's on at eight at night, so five Pacific. So you know when your college football bullshit comes around, and other shit. And NBA tournament. Uh, well, that's for as long NBA. as they keep NBA, dude. Did you see the? Did you see at the upfronts they had a image for each comp for each channel, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. TBS was Jade Cargill. And true TV, who knows? But for TNT, it was not an NBA player; it was a hockey player. Mm. And there's been all that talk about how the 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 talks between NBA and Warner Brothers are not going well. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're just guessing they're not going to have NBA after this contract stuff. Yeah, and because I heard maybe a couple months ago that NBC is really wanting to get back into in the NBA. Yep. So ABC and all that so will be out. NBC so NBC takes uh, in, in, inside the NBA and all that jazz and stuff too. 
So you'd be looking at, yeah, you'd be looking at hockey I mean, being the go-to for TNT. Don't get me wrong. I love Inside the NBA. It's a great show. But if we're back on NBC, I need Ahmad Rashad, Tom Tolbert, and Bill Walton. That's what I need. But no, don't worry. Ahmad would be the eight a.m., eight nine, eight or eight to ten a.m. Uh, time frame <laughs> slot. You know, and that'd be fine. I'm all I'm all for more Bill Walton. That that's fine. That guy, I love his commentary. You never I need Bill Walton to do bowling. I need him to be on SmackDown. I just need him to do whatever he wants to do. He needs want- to be the. He needs to be the color guy on Collision. He be, he, would, be... he, he would do color commentary for golf. You know, slam it down, big man. It's like he's teeing can off. You, like, calm can down. Can you imagine the announced team of Jim Ross and Bill Walton for Collision? Oh, God. Oh, no, I want, like, Bill Walton and, like, Taz. Oh, <laughs> no, that'd be no, great. Bill Walton and Excalibur. That's right, Excalibur. Bill. Excalibur. Okay. You ever been to Volcano? Yeah. <laughs> and who's, who's this guy again? And your name again? Uh, but yeah, collision is announced, and I saw it's the image everybody. It's, it's everybody who's been home for six months is the star of collision. Yeah, um, the idea of the well, so here's the fun stuff. The idea is it's going a brand split that is going to be jokingly a te- brand a, yeah a loose brand split. It's going to be soft team- brand split. There you go. It's going to be Team Punk, see it, uh, all the guys that he wants to work with, and then Wednesdays will be Team Elite. And then reports started coming out that maybe Punk might not be a done deal overall. Oh, dude, there's a whole bunch of bullshit that went around this Tuesday and, and Wednesday. You want to hear it? Let's hear it. All right. So basically, everything was in place. Punk was ready to be announced. He was on the promo. He was on. He's in the uh, announcement. He's on the poster. Uh, and then they announced because they had a. So basically, what's his face? Ace Steel. Ace Steel, the biter. He's been back for months with AEW. But he's working from home. Basically, he's been working from home because no uh, certain people don't want him around the, the buildings. Uh, and legal doesn't want him in the building. But he's been back working. And Punk uh, wanted him at Saturdays as an agent. And it was all good until Legal Tuesday said, no, he can't do that. So they had to tell him he couldn't do it on Tuesday. So Punk backed out of everything and said, fuck you, I'm going home again. Uh, So they had to scrub him from all of the uh, posters and uh, announcements and shit. But by Wednesday, they had Khan and Punk had worked everything out. He's still supposed to be there the 17th, but he had to be pulled from all of that shit, which was a bit of a clown show. That's also why they haven't announced where the first collision is going to be. Yeah, they announced yeah. like the following five weeks, but they haven't announced that one yet because it was still in the air. This upcoming Wednesday, they're going to announce the debut location of it. And I basically told the producer, I'm like. Wherever they announce that, wherever they announce it, if it's not in Chicago, then you know the answer. But if it's in Chicago, you know the answer. Right. So again, it's just a whole bunch of drama, and it's like at this point, is it worth it? Is it worth this much drama and bullshit? Like really? I don't know. I almost think it's not. The only thing I want out of Collision is that if they're doing an homage to Nitro, that stage better be. Nitro. I want a fucking Nitro like set. You're damn right. I don't want the same one they're using on Dynamite and Rampage. I want a goddamn 
nitro like set. That's all I will. Uh, uh, that's all I will accept. Yeah, I I want two things. I want the exploding vagina nitro set, and I want <laughs> firework, fireworks to go off at the top of nine o'clock hour in the middle of a match. Yes, scaring the shit out of goddamn Willow Nightingale as she's trying to wrestle. <laughs> that's what I want. Yes, exactly. I will even take the return of the Dungeon of Doom to feud with the Dark Order. I mean, I'm fine with that. <laughs> Kevin Solo okay can still be the Taskmaster. Brute Eyes, really. A, I don't know what's happening. Dungeon Doom had a great theme song. <laughs> right? Brutus Beefcake these days has a fucking uh, jawline like Quagmire from Family Guy, but yeah, he can still be Zodiac. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> so yeah, What's we have that? all that. So that's... So I think... On, that... is he... Joe, is he yeah. worth the drama at this point? No, at this rate, I don't think so. It's at just every... Every week it's something new, and then you know, then he goes on his Instagram story uh, story tirades, and then. Right, so he told people they need to go out and touch grass a day after uh, feuding with Alvarez and pulling up a seventeen-year-old email as evidence. Yeah, dude, if you've got emails from seventeen years ago to back up people you're pissed at, you need to go out and touch some fucking grass. He's keeping receipts, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it's just at a point. It's, it's just at a point where you, you know, I get it. You, you know, he's going to bring you the ratings and bring you the fans. But it's just like you're hurting the other side of your roster and your company because you're trying to make it work with one guy. It's the harmony, the harmony of, I mean, of everything. Like, mm-hmm. And plus, how long till he gets pissed and just walks out again? And with him, it could be within a week. You know. And the dude gets pissed at anything. I mean, yeah. a seventeen-year-old fucking email. Because you're you're having you're like it's like that thing you're having the issues with like him. You have Thunder Rosa, you have Miro. So what do you guys do? Put him on Saturday. That's good. It's like they found. It's like they created a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening wrestling show, uh, the for, gel cell for all the malcontents, the dysfunctional the people. Company. Yeah. So, it will be a brand soft brand split, right? Because then after I'm like, it might not be, or who, you know, is it going to be like what WWE is now with the current no. like champion move over? The plan is champions will be on both shows. Uh, anybody can technically be on both shows. It's just the guys who don't want to be around other guys will be on one show and the others will be on the other. And the dramas, the drama people. Yeah. The drama won't be there except for pay-per-views because everybody will be there for pay-per-views. It's what it is, mm. but it's, it's a very loose brand split. I mean, you can see anybody anywhere except for the guys who just don't want to. Okay. And I want to say it's like June 17th, 17th. The same day as the next POW show. Yeah. Let it let rain. It, let it rain. So when those tickets come available, you go to Eventbrite, powprowrestling.eventbrite.com or the Eventbrite app and get your tickets when they come available. And I'm just saying, to the people in charge of POW, 
just in case Punk does pull a little bit of a pouty <laughs> thing on Collision, yeah, you may want to reach out. He might do it for free since he's getting paid all the money just to stay at home at this current moment, he, you know? He might be in he might be in Eugene on the 17th of June. You never know. Just have him come in a mask. It'd be fine. No one right. no one will recognize him like he did before. He could be, be CM mask. There it is. Um did you watch Dynamite, Corey? I did. I watched it yesterday. What did you Still think fine. of the um Falls Count Anywhere match with Roddy and uh, Jericho. It was okay. I, I liked it. I I preferred the parts where they just were in the ring wrestling because those two were pretty stiff. And they were chopping the absolute dog wood out of each other. Uh, mm-hmm. And I liked the end where, you know, Cole's not allowed in the building. Okay, so you fight outside and then he attacks him. I liked that. I thought it was going to be the JAS attacking Roderick. Yeah, that was the obvious push. I thought it was kind of clever. They went the other way. Yeah. I liked it. Uh, that pop hangman got when he came back. Dude, he's over. With that crowd, he is way over. Yeah. Um, and now they got the uh, anarchy in the arena. Too bad Takeshita was just a bitch in this, uh, apparently. Right. Although, you know what? You never know. He may be part of the ending. Callus isn't going to be just by himself. Maybe he talked Takeshita into being his new guy. Who knows? Maybe. He has been conspicuous by his absence since the bleeding. That's true. Um, and then small Dota E stuff. The bloodline breakup is uh, full force now. Oh, my God. Um, uh, so we're going to mark out no sell in a bit for the night champions. And it's going to be uh, AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins for the new World Heavyweight title. Well, on SmackDown... SmackDown roster member Karrion Cross does a yeah. whole promo about how he's going after uh, AJ Styles next. And it's like, okay, confirmed. AJ not winning the title because if AJ wins the title, he's just going to be switched back to Raw. Unless so. unless he stays on Smack, you know, but they said it separates. So the Raw one goes, the heavyweight goes to Raw. So it's like, so why have SmackDown guys in the tournament? Right. This fucking company. No idea why. Just to make it. Yeah. Because they don't have to try because they know they don't have to try. So they just do whatever the fuck they want. Yep. And then they uh, had to vacate the women's tag titles again as Liv Morgan's hurt. So they are now making a fatal four way on Monday night to or on a Monday night. And it's going to be uh, Chelsea Green. And Sonya versus Bailey and EO versus Rhonda and Shayna. Shayna versus uh, Raquel and her mystery partner. I will say this at least it's not 2004 WWE because it would be those first three teams and then pretty deadly. <laughs> Did you and see pretty, pretty Deadly Spot on SmackDown? It was fucking awesome. Right? That was straight up dirt bag Memphis heel shit. Booble, did you? No. So one of the members of Pretty Deadly was arms were tied up in the ropes, and the ref was distracted trying to get um, 
someone out, whoever they're facing, out of the ring, and then the guy untied himself. They did the double team move, ran back, tied his arms back into the ropes, and then got the three count as he was tied in the ropes the whole time. And I'm like, that was pretty awesome. Pretty genius idea there. Pretty deadly are a fun team. It's a ridiculous gimmick, but they're a fun team. Um, And they have a chance to actually get over if they let them do their shit. Now, will they? Who knows? It's WWE, so. I think Bailey and EO should win those belts. That would be fun. I just have a bad feeling as soon as he said Ronda and Shayna that I was like, did, oh, well, they're, they're Did you win. see her, like, down there tear her knee Which when one? she came, Ronda, when she came back? Oh, maybe she can try harder next week. Raquel did a, Raquel was posing in the aisle, like, on the ramp. Oh, is it Raquel Hurt? No, it's Liv. Oh, Liv. Lips her. Raquel did a was standing on the ramp po- like posing and then Rhonda came out of nowhere and did like a drop kick but like planted her leg down and like her knee twisted and it was just like what are you doing and how do you why do you kick like that because she's so I I never liked her to begin with but she has regressed yeah something fierce like holy fuck she has regressed and, and there's rumors of her le- uh, like leaving like going on a break again, and like in the notes, it's like, would WWE last if she's on a break? And like, no, no, we're, we can, we're fine. Yeah, she's so dispensable at this point; it's not even funny. Um, and and Mike, it's hard for Raquel to injure herself. All she does is flex her back. <laughs> yeah, you got a nice just, back there, do you? Yep. I just think that like, I mean, they need to do something with Bailey because it's just they're wasting her time, and they might as well capitalize on the momentum EO got from Backlash. I agree. Is, I have a feeling they're setting up a damage control breakup. Is what they're doing. Of course yeah. they are. <laughs> you got something nice. Let's 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 just break it up already. <laughs> you know. You got a nice team there. It'd be a shame if something were to happen to it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what else? Some quick stuff. There's rumors of maybe, uh, according to Cowboy Bob, Randy might be done. I mean, that injury is way worse than originally thought, and they thought it was a career-ending injury. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> and who also, knows? Uh, he doesn't exactly try. Oh, not only that. Plus, he's he's beyond financially set for life, so yeah. he can do whatever the fuck he wants at this point. He's still going to get that WWE money for another decade at least. They ain't going to let him. Right. Tony Khan, hear me out. If the CM Punk doesn't work out, give old Randy Orton a call. Yeah. Like, effort will be about the same, but uh, he he doesn't mind working (laughs) with people he doesn't like. He'll just fight them. No. Yeah. Um... But yeah, that's uh, it's just yeah. There's all the rumors going around. Then yeah, you know. um, you see you where? Guys, I, hold on, did you see where? Yeah. Of course, and of course they're gonna do this because he's in AEW. So I mean, I'm not stupid. I get why. But they put the greatest debuts of all time in Jericho's as number 25 on the top 25 list. I did. Uh, see it was that. Uh, number 10. I, was I it 10? It. Okay, move up. I don't uh, know how the fuck it's not number one or two, but sure, let's, let's go with ten. If he was in WWE, it'd be a uh, number one or it'd, it'd be number one. Yeah, because it is the greatest but, of all time. Like they had Solo Sokoa's debut on that list. God damn it! 
He showed up with a hoodie, dog. <laughs> I was just—I don't even remember what show it was. That he showed up. On. It was he like a random up. fucking Raw, and he showed up with a hoodie and pulled a ref out of a match. That was his fucking yeah. debut. Cut or, or interrupt the like, Rock. I don't know. The Nexus was like twelfth or some shit. Oh come on! It's nonsense, dude. Their list the was Shield was all number one, right? I can't um, remember what number one was. Let me see if I can find it. I think it was it. the show because Ryback did a. Here it is. He, he took credit for it. Yeah, no, I think it was the shield. Yeah. Here it is. Oh my um, god. Um, hang on. No, quit playing, dude. God, it was I ridiculous. Want, I want the list. I don't want the video. Oh, here we go. There, like w, w, here we go. WWE ranks the twenty-five greatest. Uh, Solo was number 25. Santino was 24. That's Nakamura it. is 23. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. And for that one, it wasn't the NXT one. It was his SmackDown debut. Jeez. Because NXT doesn't Which, count. Get me wrong. That SmackDown, it might be the greatest live performance ever for somebody. It was fucking phenomenal, but it wasn't technically his debut. They're only counting, apparently, main roster debuts. Okay. God damn it. Uh, 22, the Usos and Tamina. What? <laughs> that was a wet fart. Twenty one. They, they came out on a raw, and the collective uh, opinion was, "Who the fuck are these three? And they went, "We're yep. not going to be your normal Samoans." And they did uh, a regular Samoan, just all three of them did a splash. I was like, "What the fuck, man?" Yeah, we're yeah. the right. We're going to be upper class Samoans, and then within two weeks, they're to their face paint gimmick. Uh, Twenty one, Baron Corbin. Oh. Uh, 20. Oh, yeah, he won the Andre the Giant. Yep. He just 20s, showed up and won. Two, uh, 20s Umanga. I don't Ninth, remember. I don't either. Number 19 is Rey Mysterio. This was okay. 18's The Nexus. Yeah, wow. 18. Wow. 17's Asuka. 16, Carlito. Well, he did show up and beat John Cena for the U.S. title on his first night. Okay, then why is 15 the great Kali? Goddamn. Honestly, I can tell you why. Because he's tall. Yep. Like, the, yep. the clip they used in the video was uh, when he was standing in front of Taker and whoever it was screaming in the background, look how tall he is. Yep, and then 14's Braun Strowman. 13 is Sting. 12 is The Undertaker. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Yeah, so Taker's 12, by the way, which is ridiculous. I have a problem. I've always had a problem with this thing thing, and it's actually my problem when any wrestler debuts in a new company. Is if you listen to the clip... music and a fucking Titan Tron ready? Well, that doesn't even bother me, right? Okay, it's annoying, and it doesn't make sense, but it doesn't bother me as much as... As Sting is walking out, JBL starts just running down his long-ass list of accomplishments, which just tells the viewing audience that that was all pre-written. They knew he was coming out. Where all you have to say is he is a former WCW champion. That's all you have. Yeah. You don't have to give like specific fucking details. Especially since JBL of all people is not going to know all of his fucking uh, statistics. Yeah. God, it bothers me to this day listening to that shit. Oh my god. Uh, number eleven is Booker T. Excuse me. Number eleven his is Booker cool. T. His was cool, but, above, but above the Undertaker. Yeah. Okay. And also, I keep, I always forget that Ted DiBiase technically introduced the Undertaker, not uh, as yeah. Bruce Pritchard. Have you believe him? 
Yep, exactly. Well, Bruce Pritchard. Uh, number 10, Chris Jericho. <laughs> without a fucking doubt. Number 9, John Cena. And and his was terrible, too. And yeah, I think aggression. Chris Jericho should be number 1, and I hate that fucking douchebag, but I think <laughs> he should be number 1. Number 8 is Kevin Owens. His was cool, calling out or coming out to Cena's U.S. Open Challenge. Seven what a great is time the, that was. Ugh. Seven is The Rock. At Survivor Series 96? Yeah. Debut? Yeah. Terrible fucking debut. That. Number he didn't six. know what a hard camera was. SpongeBob Mayavia. Uh, number six is AJ Styles. I mean, that one was cool. That one, I think, is placed right. I think it's about right for AJ. Yeah. Can't complain on that one. Five is Brock Lesnar. This was cool because he came out of nowhere and annihilated three or four people the night after Mania. It was so, my, question, my question, Corey, I know technically it's a return, but this is when he returned to get Cena better than his actual debut. Uh, well, yeah, that's probably better. But, I mean, the, the debut was uh, memorable. Yep. I mean, he just came in like a monster and annihilated Rikishi and Spike and God, there was probably Crash, too. Just annihilated all three of them, and Heyman was standing behind him. That one was memorable. And Jared's like, that's the hottest free agent. Uh, number four, which we're Corey puke here, Ronda Rousey. Coming out her oversized Piper jacket and pointing at the goddamn sign like a tool. Yep. Also, oh, in the video, hold on, Joe. Okay. In the video, they didn't even show that part. They just showed her walking on stage and smiling. They didn't even show her getting in the ring and doing that shit. Of oh, course, she bombed it so bad. God damn. Yeah, that's memorable. All right. I mean, they have to edit it. That's memorable. <laughs> number num- number three is Goldberg. That sucked. Because everybody in the world knew it was him. They fucking they played a Goldberg promo on night on Mania 19 the night before. So everybody knew he was coming. And the rock is in the ring and everybody is chanting Goldberg. And he's like, Yeah, 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 the rock likes his accountant Ira Goldberg too, but shut up, you idiots. And then all of a sudden, his music hits, and he comes line. out in a Harley <laughs> Davidson fucking jacket and just spears. I mean, it was cool, but that one was ruined because everybody, they ruined it the night before. Yeah. Uh, number two is Kane. That's memorable. I would say that's, that's, a, that's a good debut. Spot. That's fair. And I'd number, say that deserves that spot. And number one is The Shield. Who they ran in, and nobody knew who the fuck they were, and they helped Punk win. It was, I mean, it was memorable, and but that's revisionist history right there. Yes, it uh, is. Woo. Yeah, like, like that whole list. So, like, if The Rock is a, does it become The Rock, there's no way that's a number six entrance. Doesn't even make the list. Like, Jericho's one. I think Kane could probably be the two. Kane deserves the two spot. That was memorable as fuck. Yeah. Especially because, like, he debuted. Like, and before that debut, that match is fucking great. Yep. Yeah. And nobody had seen him, so it was... It, it was, was like a month It was off. like, what the fuck is this monster going to look like? Yep. Oh, my. And then he rips Real the quick. door off, and it was cool as shit. Yeah. Real quick, guys. Real quick story. So the other day, one of my friends on Facebook was, like, asking for dentist suggestions, and I straight up in the <laughs> comments wrote Isaac Yankum. Oh, yes. Awesome. That's awesome. Nobody got it. <laughs> God damn it. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah. That's and then Jericho's one came to for sure. For sure. And then, you know, you can... Pick your poisons on how yeah, you want to. You, know. you can debate after that, but those two yeah. should be set in stone. Yes. 
Like, Taker probably should have been three or four. Like, Jesus, man. Yeah, I mean, pretty iconic debut. Yeah. But yeah, so that was that list, Corey. <laughs> well, that's different. <laughs> I just, like, I cannot believe they included Solo Sokoa. I, uh, and the Usos. The Usos debut was one of the most, like, non-important wet farts in the history of Monday Night Raw. I come two like, skinny-ass Samoans in, in sweater vests. Talk about how they're not your regular Samoans, and then, like, weeks later, they're doing the fucking tribal <laughs> chants and face painting. Whatever. <laughs> well, let, you guys want to start marking out no selling here? Well, there are 17 shows this weekend. So let's. Um, what are the other shows, Corey? Because I know we'll be marking well, out for. We're gonna. I'm gonna just mention Battleground. We got United Champions, and then AEW's Double or Nothing. Uh, the best of the Super Junior Finals is uh, the 28th as well, and then uh, Impact Under Siege is the 29th. So I think who's, well, no, who's no, in the finals Friday. of the Super Juniors? Who's it? No, no, we don't know yet because they're still doing the tournament. But uh, oh. but that night's the finals. Which I've it's been a fun tournament. There's been some fun shit, but some weird shit, but some fun shit. Okay, so let's uh, mention Battleground. So see if you are hyped for this, Corey. Uh, I'm already. I'm at a ten. Because this is going one on one with um, the great double one. or nothing. With double or nothing. Where's it from, Joe? I know they're doing it outside of Fort Lowell, Lord. Massachusetts. I hope it's at least in that fucking building they did that Thursday Raw Thursday in where he lost his smile. The Tasanga cool. Center. I don't know. It, it's because it, you know how everything's changed these days with corporate sponsorship and sh- whatever the fuck. Yeah, that's where it's going to be at. That's a, um, the arena held previously was Ring of Honor's death before Honor in 2022. Yeah, so that's where they arena. had that pay-per-view last year. I think it's different than it's not the it's not yeah. the cool, it's, smaller yeah, the one. dome-looking one, yeah. Yeah, it's not, which would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Every time I think of that place, I still think of Austin trying to, trying to jump over the yeah. top to get to Brett. Let me at him! <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay. just fucking jump. I don't care. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, what do we have? We have five matches. Your basic NXT takeover. card. Yep, takeover card. We have uh, Eli Dragunov versus Dijak in a last man standing match. So here's the thing. Uh, Ilya Dragunov. Damn, I keep that. Um, whatever. I like Eli Dragunov. I'm a, a, Eli, yeah. I thought I he said, called him. I thought he called him Eli Jackanoff. No. Uh, which is a total hey, attitude to her character. But, Why are you hey, taking my indie name, bro? Corey, before you mark, before you mention it, do you want me to tell you what the storyline is going into it right now? Oh, please do. If you can, if you can provide context to these NXT matches, please do. Uh, Dijak has kidnapped Dragonoff and torturing him. Oh, goody. Uh, Wait, and that, that hold on. And that popped the producer like. She doesn't even know, uh, uh, like, uh, Mel Gibson lethal weapon torture. Right, hold on. So, they everybody knows that he has been kidnapped. They know who kidnapped him. Yep, yeah. But they're just going to have a match? Yep, yep. So, like, yep. once he, once, dra- once, uh, God damn it, Dijakovic comes out, 
Isn't the other guy then free? You could just leave and not be kidnapped anymore. <laughs> you would think so. More importantly, why why would once, you stay and have a match? More importantly, once Dijakovic comes out, shouldn't he be arrested? <laughs> what, what you would think that. Happening? Yeah, um, but uh, no, Joe, yeah, they... real quick, Joe, real quick, was he kidnapped in the parking lot? Uh, I'm going to say yes. If I recall, um, it was um, like someone made a Twitter account, I think, and it's just like NXT parking lot. And they, there's like a montage of everybody getting beat up or kidnapped. And I, I'm i 90% sure he got kidnapped in the parking lot. Yeah, it's well, safer I mean, in Ukraine than it is in the parking lot. <laughs> Any truth to the rumor that Tony Khan tried to have anarchy in the arena in the NXT parking lot this year? Yes, they did. But also, there is a um, they're doing that dumb um, Mustafa Ali gimmick again. The hacker. The hacker. Yeah, they have someone who's now filming things behind the scenes, unanimous, like a uh, unanimous or something like. Um, it's GTV back. Yeah, kind of like, but it's like someone like I'm watching you, and like I think Ali made a comment like, "Oh, they're doing this gimmick again." Cool. Of course. Uh, this friend, first of all, that that all everything you just said is completely fucking ridiculous, to the, to the umpteenth degree. But the yep. match will be fire because both these guys are really fucking good. They beat the uh, hell out of each other. Uh, Ilya Dragunov probably gonna lose as Triple H wants to add him to the Imperium group on Raw as a fourth member, um, which would be fucking cool. He fits. The only problem is then we won't get any more Gunther Ilya Dragunov matches, which uh, if you remember last yes, year, love or were fucking amazing. Hey, um, but first of all, so that was only like the fourth best match of that year, according to yeah, WWE. according to WWE. Yeah, remember? To them. Um, but yeah, he wants to add him to Imperium, so I'm guessing he loses. Yeah, of course, in Shawn Michaels NXT, who the fuck knows? He probably wins, and then you never see him again. Uh, our next match is a British ra- British Rounds Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup. Norm, Noam Dar taking on Dragon Lee. The fuck Please does that mean? Me. It's a so, trophy. It's a it's a Heritage Cup trophy. It, the match is wrestled in rounds, six five minute rounds. Oh, you get two falls in the rounds. Uh, it's the old world of sport, sixties and seventies British style. Makes for an interesting kind of like the pure rules of Ring of Honor. It's a an interesting change to the card. You need to have one of these kind of a palate cleanser. It's you know, kind of cool. Um, I don't know about Dragon Lee in a British style wrestling match <laughs> is the best way to showcase him. But okay, why not? Uh, the next match is a triple threat match for the NXT North American Championship. Joe Gacy versus Tyler Bate versus Wes Lee. Can we just chuck Joe Gacy out of here and have Wes Lee minus or face Tyler Bate? Yeah, well, you know, Gacy lost his tag team since they asked for the request to re uh take uh to be uh fired and they said no, we're good, so they're no longer putting them on screen. Yeah, they're just keeping them there hostage until October. Um so wow, this is a very NXT UK show so far. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of NXT you can you can tell those new recruits <sighs> in NXT are really working out for them. That triple threat's gonna end the same way every one of them does. So nope. Oh I yeah. Don't care. Tyler Bates gonna hit his finishing maneuver, and then Joe Gacy's gonna chuck him out of the ring and get a pinfall win. 
Yep. Uh, the next match is uh, the tournament finals for the vacant NXT Women's Championship. It's either going to be Roxanne Perez or Tiffany Stratton versus Cora Jade or Lyra Valkyrie. Why so didn't the f- they take the title off of uh, the first one you said? Indy? Roxanne Perez. Oh, because Roxanne got hurt, remember? And then yeah, they didn't know. But remember, she was. So they, she got hurt, right? Yes. And then, but then in the match to crown a new champion, she was in it. Yeah, and she lost. And then the person that won it got <laughs> drafted to Raw the next week. So now they're doing a tournament where she's going to be in the finals again against Cora J. Just watch. Correct. So what the fuck was the whole point of the last month and a half of the women's division? Jesus Christ. And then your main this event. Company. And then your main event for the NXT Championship, heel Braun Breaker. Versus Carmelo Hayes. And their storyline is that uh, Braun Breaker went to Carmelo's barber shop on Tuesday. And then That's they the got. Story. Yeah. And then he got met there. And May- Hayes ran there I, and he fought there, I guess. So, like, did he, I don't know, do something racial? Like, you're allowed to go to a barber shop. Oh, they're doing something racial with him in one way. Have you seen pictures of him lately? No. He's got a Hulk Hogan level tan. Hmm, brother. We're talking hot dog skin. Hmm. But no, I don't. I don't. I don't know what they're doing, dude. I I, I just see the clips or the you know botchamania stuff, and it's just why 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 is he at the barbershop again, and why do we care? You know. You know, I'll say this. I mean, there's a lot of NXT UK guys on there, so it's going to be a better show than normal for them. But it don't look great. And on the screen right now, I'm watching Zack Sabre Jr., so he's better than all of them. Yeah. So, and eh, he's in a, it sounds like he might be in a feud with uh, Samoa Joe. So we're getting yeah, that. Yeah, she in. does. And I love Zack Sabre Jr. He calls him uh, Samoan Joseph. Awesome. That's, so, uh, that's going to be a rough watch. Yeah. yeah that's, well, don't worry. That's on Sunday against Double or Nothing. Well, then let's go halfway around the world to fucking Saudi. Let's go to Saturday for Saudi for Night of Champions, okay? Um, and I beyond- believe 10 a.m. our time, I believe. Yeah, about 10 a.m. That sounds yeah. right. Yeah, yeah 10 yep. or 11, yeah. Um, women Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Asuka. And Asuka's now more heelish than before by spitting more mist in the eyes than before. And now, first of all, they'll have to be head to toe. Again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But also, may I remind you, this is the Raw Women's Title match with two SmackDown superstars. Yep. Okay. Which is supposed to take in fact May eighth. Okay. So yeah, like it's three already weeks. Fact, but they just didn't even bother to switch them. Um. Oh. I mean, like, I'm sure the match will be fine. I have no fucking interest in watching it, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Yep. Yeah, I feel about the same. Yeah. <laughs> I. I I hate watching women's matches in Saudi Arabia because they're so disrespectful to the women performers that I have uh, yeah, no I fucking interest in watching them. I wouldn't want to do it if I were them. Yeah, fuck. Yeah. Uh, for the and also, of- can can Bianca wrestle while not holding her hair? That's really the question. No, I mean yes, but she'll hold her hair. That's what I mean. Uh, then for the intercontinental, but, 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 but is it allowed to be out? Is my question. Yes. That's a good question. Who knows? It might have its own dress. (laughs) 
And now, uh, next match, the Intercontinental Championship, Mustafa Ali taking on Gunther. I, yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I have a 10 out of 10 on this match. Not a 10 out of 10 on this, baby. And by the way, the lead-up for this was uh, Ali won a Battle Royal last week. After being the jobberest of jobbers and undrafted. That's how unimportant <laughs> he was. He's a and free now he's agent. The number one contender. Yeah, he's a free agent because he was undrafted. Because yeah. <laughs> they couldn't be bothered to come up with an idea for him. So, I, I'm all in on this match only because one or two things is going to happen. Either Gunther is going to lose, effectively ruining his career, because what the hell is the point if he loses to Mustafa Ali? Or, and which is the actual scenario is going to happen, is they're going to have a German beat the fuck out of a Muslim in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Again, like we, said, like we said last week. Um, That's good shit, pal. Like we said last week. Gunther was uh, lucky that it wasn't Monsieur since Monsieur has been undefeated over there. Now, Gunther versus the entire Saudi army. I'm still taking Gunther because that dude is a badass <laughs> motherfucker. But, um, yeah, that's going to anger uh, 90% of that crowd. So, that's cool. Yeah, wait, wait till they saw Gunther's wife. They'd get even more pissed. She's an Indian woman. Oh, can't have that. Nope. Uh, Why? That at all. This fucking company, I swear to God. Uh, they don't ever think about the optics of anything. And then uh, our our next match, probably not the main event, um, for the world heavyweight title, Seth Franklin Rollins versus AJ Styles. Ooh, this will likely be very, very good. It will also almost certainly have Seth Rollins win. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though he's on record saying he doesn't necessarily want what he considers to be the consolation prize in the company. Um, a lot of bitterness in that guy that comes through in certain interviews that aren't on TV. You catch him outside of the camera, he, he says some things that well, not outright like showing you, but you read between the lines. He's he's not necessarily very happy right now. I just uh, for a guy who really dislikes CM Punk, he really likes to act like CM Punk. Oh no, no, he's he's got a lot of CM Punk in him. That is that is um, for sure. So Joe, real quick, did yes. you like Seth Rollins as the main star of Fast Ten? Seth Rollins. Uh, Jason Momoa's character was just Seth Rollins, and it was fan fucking fantastic. Oh, I loved it. It's Mom- so great. Did you you saw it right? Friday night, yeah. Oh, all Momoa- we could think of was like we're just watching Seth Rollins fight Mom- Vin Diesel, and it's Momoa- fucking great. Momoa was fantastic. Like straight I- up, Corey. Like he was doing the weird dance Seth Rollins does, and he was like straight up on PCP the whole time. It was fucking great. One of my favorite lines from the movie is there's a scene of him driving, watching Toretto do something crazy. And Momoa has uh, Toretto's son. And he just turns to him and goes, hey, by the way, I don't know if you know this, but I beat your dad in a street race. And like chaos is happening. It's just some simple (laughs) one, you know, uh, one line. Just like, what? 
Corey, my favorite line is at one point uh, he's talking to Toretto face to face, and he and like he tells him his name finally. He goes, "My name is Dante," and then he curtsies and says, "Shante." Shante. <laughs> <laughs> it's Momoa's, fucking great, dude. Momoa's is pretty fucking great at everything. He's just fucking uh, cool. Momoa was like that shit was terrible. Momoa was like Heath Ledger's Joker mixed in with Rollins. God, it like, was so good. Chaos, dude. chaotic. But in, in what, a fantastic you, way. What was Seth Rollins on the set of? What, what, He's going to be in an, he, um, a Marvel movie. Okay. So what Marvel movie? Uh, the next Captain America. Captain America. Oh. Yeah, he was on set. They showed a picture of him. And he's going to be on set this week, too. Like, he's going to miss Raw for this, too. Uh, Our next match, Cody Rhodes taking on Brock Lesnar because Cody has to finish the story with Brock. I'm guessing the first match of the night. I guess Brock can get the fuck out of there. Um, (laughs) I was mildly disappointed at the Backlash match. Not a lot, just a little. This should be okay. I can't imagine Brock jobs twice. No. I, I just I don't see where, but then again, Brock is in his I don't give a fuck. I'm just having fun time frame, so you never know. Well, I think we get the rubber match at SummerSlam, probably. It'll be cool though. That one at least I wouldn't mind seeing. And what kind of weird, bizarre world are we living in? In 2023, Brock has been on every PLE of the year so far. He's trying to run. He's he's like Sting, baby. He's running. He's running out those dates. Yep, he's just like, Jesus. After years of being on, like, four of them at best, he's on every fucking one this year so far. One or two a year ass champion. <laughs> right. And, and that's another thing I was going to ask. Why the fuck are they doing a fatal four-way women's tag title match for vacated titles? Your fucking world champ only wrestles four times a year. Why can't she just write out her injury then come back and defend the titles? A valid question. And then probably the main event, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are defending the undisputed tag titles against Roman and, and Solo. Two things are going to happen here. One of, one of two things. Either Roman and Solo are winning them belts, or the Usos are going to screw them out of the belts, thus furthering the never-ending Bloodline saga. Uh, so I think... Uh, I actually think two things are going to happen. Not necessarily here, but this is going to be the start of it. I do think Roman and Solo win the match, win the titles, um, which I think leads to dissension because they're going to point out that they're better than the Usos, and eventually the Usos will beat them for the titles. But I also Um, was thinking about this the other day. Yeah. Um, Because we all know the Kevin and Sammy breakup is going to happen. That's for sure just a thing. But I actually think Sammy turns on Kevin and beats him to the punch. That would be a welcome change for once. And it's definitely going to happen. You're right there. Uh, I do know the plans for either Money in the Bank or SummerSlam. They can't quite make up their mind. But the main event for one of those is supposed to be Roman and Solo against the Usos. I see. I think that should be uh, the Money in the Bank main event. And then you could have the rubber match between Cody and Brock as the main event for SummerSlam. There you go. Because Money in the Bank is in London at the O one. Yep. Oh, two. So, uh, oh, two, whatever. I can't remember. <laughs> I was like, so, oh, two. Uh, and it's London, so that crowd's going to be fire as fuck. Yep. They're considering Logan Paul for the briefcase this year. 
I think that's a mistake. Yeah, he doesn't need it. Nope. Nope. It's a hat on a hat. Mm-hmm. He is a big enough love- draw without needing to cash in or any of that shit. But this company does love hats on hats. Although they they have apparently changed the stipulation right to Ritz for any belt, not just the heavyweight title, right? That's uh, what they did. Yeah, well that's for what they did uh, last year. For Austin Theory, so, yes. Logan getting like a secondary title in that scenario, I don't actually hate. Give it to Dom. Just give it to Dom. Yeah, it's just let Dom win and have I mean, Roman. For sure Dom needs the briefcase, because my God. But so there's a case to be made here. Now, I'm not suggesting they do this or that they should do this. Now, I'm not suggesting that. But there is a case to be made for giving Dom the briefcase and then having him, like, beat the world champ. Uh, he wouldn't hold it for long. But can you imagine? He would be this generation's honky-tonk man in terms of heel heat as the champion. My God. I mean, he might already have more heel heat than honky-tonk man ever had. They could be like, they, I mean, there's a case to be made. I wouldn't do it, but, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the worst idea in the world. There is nothing better in that company than Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. And it works. And so I'm, I'm surprised they didn't break him up in the draft. I really am. I just assumed they would. I mean, Rhea was probably like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like no, this is working, and I'm over as fuck. Don't do this. Yeah. So let's talk about the pay per view that we're all probably excited for: Double or Nothing. And let's well, mark out no so for that. I'm definitely more excited than the last two we just talked about. We have nine <laughs> matches. For now. For now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For now. It's Tony Khan. He has a, he has a week to add 17 more matches. Uh. AEW TBS Championship, Jade Cargill is defending it again against Taya Valkyrie. Uh, Taya's going to win. They only had one match. It was a goofy ending. Look, I know what they want to do, and I get it that it was a good idea, but it's taking too long. What they wanted to do was have uh, Statlander be the one that beats Jade, but her injury, yeah. it's taken a while. So just have Taya beat her. It yeah. makes sense. She's a veteran. She's over with the crowd. At least it's not some new buddy. And you can even have Jade win it back and then still mm-hmm. have Statlander beer. But it's been long enough. And honestly, if you want to not redo the exact finish, but if you want to re- like do that thing where like, kind of like how Cody beat Brock where Jade fucks up and Taya gets a quick win, not a fluke win, but a quick win out of nowhere, then you could have Jade just beat the fuck out of her in two weeks and it's fine. And that makes sense because she's a veteran. She would know what to yeah. do, and Jade wouldn't know what was coming. So that would make all the sense but, in the world. Because you have to get that fucking O off of Jade's record. She has to lose. Yeah, You're in she, a corner, but you can't, can't do that on regular TV. Yeah, yeah, I would do it here. All the conditions are perfect. Yeah. Which uh, means next- Jade will win in a minute. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, next match is a six-man tag team match as it's Ethan Page and the Guns taking on the Hardy Party as it's Isaiah Cassidy, Jeff Hardy, and Matt Hardy. However, Isaiah posted a photo the other day of him in a neck brace saying he got good news and bad news because he got hurt, I think, on Rampage a couple weeks ago. Maybe, maybe Quinn's ready to come back and he takes his place. Yeah. I will say this. I watched the... Uh, compound match on Rampage. I did too. 
I did too. And it's whatever. It wasn't great. However, there was one part I did laugh at. Maybe I'm still I'm still a teenager. I don't know. I, I think but, I know, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> he's been doing that. He's been doing that moaning thing Isaiah has, right? And then he like humps the ground. So he jumps off the top of a shed or whatever onto everybody and humps the ground and then just lays there. And Matt Hardy goes, Isaiah, I knew you'd come. Uh, I laughed. I giggled but, at that one, too. I'm a but I, I, I assume if it's not Quinn, like I honestly think it'd probably be Sting or someone just to someone. help out. Yeah. It's, uh, it I'm going to no-sell for this. Oh, yeah, I'm no-sell on it, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. I know so in the first match too. I don't ever said it. Yeah. Uh, for the TNT Championship in a ladder match, Wardlow taking on Christian Cage. I no love so. Christian Cage's stuff leading up to it. That's the only reason I'm gonna mark out a little bit. But I don't really need a ladder match from these two. Like, of all the the people who should not be in ladder matches anymore, Christian is very high on the list. You know how before he was injured, he was talking shit about everybody's dad? Yeah. Like Jungle Boy's dad and all that? I love it. He comes back from injury and he's like, Wardlow's got a father, but he's a nobody piece of shit, so nobody gives a damn about him, and I'm not going to waste my time on him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, God damn. But then he was like, also, like, he's teaming up with his new father figure, Arn, who, you know, whose sons don't like him or. He had a son, and there was just like, oh, until, like until he that ditched was, him to the side when he found Wardlow. Yeah, but it's like I think he took it because didn't because one of Arn's sons passed away a couple months ago, and I yeah. think it was a shot at that too. But no one caught that like reference because I they just also, it was the other. Uh, Christian is so good. Like he's got Luchasaurus in his corner too, right? So he's like. He's like, Wardlow, let's just do this match. One of us will have a dinosaur in his corner, and I'll have luchasaurs. Damn. <laughs> Damn. I mean, we've all said it. Like, he's always been better than Edge, and I like Edge. But this dude, Jesus, man. AEW <laughs> got the better end of the deal. Yep. Yep. Um. A 21-man blackjack battle royal for the AEW interna- uh, International Championship. As Orange Cassidy decided, well, I have nothing to do. I was put on the battle royal. Uh, hard, hard, hold on, hard no hold sell. On. Hold on, hold on. I, I found this funny. The promo was funny. He's like, people are asking Tony Khan for a match. I don't care. I'll take on all of them. So later on, Renee talks to him again, and she's like, so I just talked to Tony Khan. He said 20 men have asked for a title shot, and he's like, 20 minutes, huh? That's a lot. Uh, oh, crap. Well, I'll just do a battle roll. Whatever. But then he asks Renee if she wants to be in it. Uh, but we have, for the moment, 17 other competitors to be announced. Uh, but QT Marshall, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Aaron Solo will be part of it, since that's their, uh, the current feud with Orange. Well, you know, he, he likes to either debut or bring back somebody in one of these multi-man matches, so I would expect one or the other. Yep. I guess Miro. I guess Miro shows up. Probably. Probably. Yep. Um, What else we have? Uh, Jamie Hayden. I also think this is where he loses the title, too. Oh, okay. I mean, it makes sense, because you can beat him without beating Tony Khan to a wrestler, so. 
He yeah. likes to keep him strong in this way. It doesn't really matter if he loses. Uh, for the AEW Women's World Championship, Jamie Hayter taking on Tony Storm. It yes. was good in November, so it should be good now. Uh, although all I can think of is Thunder Rosa is just going to find some way to weasel her way back into this and fuck over Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. She'll use the old, I never lost my title. <sighs> yep, yep. But the match should be fucking phenomenal. Or Soraya interferes, something weird, dumb like that. Um, you know what I would do? Hey, one thing, you know what I would do? With the soft, quote-unquote, soft brand split, I would make the TBS title for the women just a Dynamite exclusive since that's on TBS and make Wardlow's TNT title a Collision exclusive since that is on TNT. That's what I would I do. I would, too. That's, that's a good a way idea. To, yeah. Uh, in an unsanctioned match, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho. It'll be good. So I'll mark out. So, in their world, is there a difference between an unsanctioned and a lights out match? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Well, don't worry, because the next match is an Anarchy in the Arena match, as it's the Blackpool Combat Club, uh, Brian Dantron, Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Willer Yuta taking on the elite of Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page. So, hear me out. This is going to be weird. This is the first one of these, whether it be the football stadium or the Anarchy in the Arena. But doesn't involve Jericho, and that scares me a little. Say what you want about him. He knows how to do these and make it memorable. With the music playing nonstop, and then he rips the board out. I was going to say, they better do that again. Little (laughs) things like that. He's really good at doing that stuff, and he's not in this. So that's going to be interesting. I think it'll probably be good. I think the people you expect to do good will do good. I just hope they do the music like they did last time. That was just funny. I know they won't. Oh, I know, but that was just fun. Just keep it playing, and then the heel Jericho rips. Who wins? Has to be the elite. Yeah, they've been the. I mean, if you're gonna do the basic wrestling one on one, like the 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 bull the BCC have been totally kicking ass this entire time. You almost have to have the babyface win here, unless you're setting up. Unless you're setting up a rematch originally, eventually for Blood and Guts. If that's and, the case, the Hills can win here. Because my thing is, like, I would sort of understand if the Elite beats them in a wrestling match. But, like, this theoretically is the BCC's environment. Like, why would they lose? True. You're not wrong. So if you beat them, that doesn't that essentially kill their entire gimmick? That well, depends on how you do it. And who, I mean, let's be honest, I mean, Yuta's taking Yuta's Yuta's taking a pin. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no doubt about that. Um, actually, I think the BCC win this because I think you will see a Blood and Guts rematch on TV. Eventually. For like, a big you, show. Don, like Don Callis interrupts in this match or something. and then Yeah. Helps BCC wins and crap yeah. like that. Okay. I, I think this match in our heart should be the main event, but it's not. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships, 
Triple J, Jeff Jarrett, and Jay Lethal taking on FTR. It's the match I'm most looking forward to. Um, God, Jeff Jarrett has been so ridiculously great in this AEW run. Um, yes, he has. I loved Wednesday with Karen coming out. Yep, the producer, the producer was watching. She's like, "No fucking way!" I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> if you want heat, how do you get mega heat?" Karen, Karen. Yep, uh, it worked. I so I'm not gonna say anything bad about Jeff Jarrett. That's not what I'm saying here. So before anybody yells at me, just I'm okay. prefacing this. But fucking Jeff Jarrett sucks. No, I'm kidding. Um. Well, I do love the team. I actually think the team should be Jay Lethal and Mark Briscoe. Oh, Briscoe's the special ref, by the way. Forgot. I know it's a it's a complete waste of Mark Briscoe. Yeah. Or he Yo, should be the team, and FTR should be the heels, and and Lethal and Briscoe should be the faces. But he won't do it. I'll see. Won't be a tag team with anybody else. Yeah. He said he'll never be a tag team. He'll do multi man matches, six man, eight man. But he won't do uh, a regular two-on-two tag again. That's fair. Uh, by the way, Corey, yeah. since you brought up six-man, what did you think of the uh, House of Dark Rules match? I actually kind of liked it. It was different. Um, I don't mind it. Uh, I look at those titles. I look at those titles as a throwaway kind of just you know, the hardcore division kind of yeah. was back in the day. Uh, I don't Google really f- take it seriously. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't see it, it, what they did is they basically turned all the all the lights off and this like had a spotlight above the the ring. And they've got special rules. Yeah, like they get to pick, they get to pick, like like the opposing team gets to pick one rule and it can be anything. And but there's like three other ones that they have to abide by. But there's then the a other... 20, 20 count uh, count out. And a couple of other rules that the House of Black dictate. But then you, as the challenger, get to pick one. Uh, Best Amigos picked uh, no witches at ring, ringside, so Julia was nowhere to be found, Julia. Yeah. Well, then why watch the match if Julia's not there? Or she was in I the mean, match I, before, and she won yeah, the so hardcore got, match. Don't worry, I got my fix. But. Yeah. <laughs> so, And then the main event, the full, four pillars match for the AEW World Championship, Heavyweight Championship. MGF versus Sammy Guevara versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Darby Allen. Here's here's what I'll say about this. They had a wonderful idea in this four-way main event. The angle they've done has sucked my block. I have not liked virtually any bit of it. Um, and it hasn't really elevated anybody to look more important. So the way they went about it, has been a complete mess in my opinion. Will yeah, I think it'll be a good match? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's it'll, it'll be, be a, a good, good match. But if they if they started off with MJF and Sammy being friends, now they're not. Now Sammy's like, I we have, you know, rallying the troops. The match. Yeah. Now let's all we have to take the title away from MJF, no matter what one of us has to. And Darby and Jungle Boy are just there doing the same spiel every week. And how Jungle Boy's for the people, and he's going to win it for the people. And Darby is, you know, I'm not supposed to be here. You know, I'm not supposed to work. To, I wasn't even supposed to work today. Um, stuff like that. And I'm just, supposed to be here today. Yeah. And so when this started, 
I came on here and said that it should have been Sammy Guevara versus MJF for the title. I was wrong about that. It should not have been Sammy Guevara. It definitely should have been Darby Allen one on one. Uh, Jungle Boy can kick fucking rocks. He's trash. He sucks in the ring. He sucks in the mic. He's garbage. Get him out. I don't care about him at all. Uh, Sammy isn't ready for the spot. And I thought he was farther along than he is, but he's not ready for it. And Darby, while I never thought should win, um, is there. The people really, really behind him. And I just think it would have been, it would have been a better match individually. Yeah. I mean, I get the idea, and I get wanting to try to build up people. No, nothing wrong there. But it didn't work. It didn't go the way that they wanted it to. And at the end of the day, it just was a failed experiment. And they have more work to do on the two of them. And it's another, unfortunately, an example of Tony Khan being unwilling or unable to audible on the fly. Like, three weeks in, this was apparent to everybody this wasn't working, and it's not really building to a hot match where you should have audible to, even if you just pick one of them, whatever, but pick one of them and focus on that feud and build it up to a strong match, and the other two can put them in the Battle Royal. It doesn't matter at that point. It's sort of like the acclaimed thing in Chicago last year where they should have called it audible, they should have won, and he didn't pull the trigger. Got to work on that one. Got to work on being able to read the room. Yeah, you have to be willing to throw your plans out if they're not working when you see something else is. But like I, I think I think the match will be fine. Like it's not gonna oh, be yeah. a bad match, oh, yeah. especially if uh, they listen to MJF, because he will let them do their spots, but in the correct point of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, have an, I-, I have an interesting further question down the line. So, the immediate reason to bring Punk back is to finish the MJF story. Yeah. Now, at the end of that story, doesn't Punk have to be the winner? The babyface usually goes over. Uh, So, two things about that. One, mm -hmm. has MJF resigned? Is it going to be the bidding war of 2024? If it is, you've got to take that belt off him at some point. Mm -hmm. But do you trust Punk? Be the guy you give the belt to that's that has not worked for you twice already so my only issue that a third time. with the punk thing is just i don't know that he can stay healthy it's not that i don't uh, think he can be a great champion for them and a great like ambassador for the company i just don't think physically he can handle the demands anymore and when to be fair when he started he told him i don't want the belt he specifically said i don't want to be champion like, that's not what he was coming back for i so get you- why they I get why they pivoted to him because, I mean, he's a giant fucking star, so I get it. But I actually think MJF beats him when they go back to it. I don't think you can have Punk beat him. But then can you – but then you can't – because it would take time to tell the story right. So do you just forget the Punk story and go to someone else? Because if, so I don't think, resigned, I don't think he, if he hasn't resigned, there's infinite time left. You have to get the belt off that guy. Right. So, but – just by the like, you get, like by November, like if he loses at double or or what the whatever the one is in November, uh, full gear, full gear. That's fine because it's by the end of the year. That's fine. Um, I actually don't think you go right back to Funk. I think you do something like in between time and MJF, like whatever it is you want to do happens at full gear. Whether it's MJF, he's like winning and trying to like maybe like that's the 
that's the selling point for Tony Khan to MJF is you beat, you know, not arguably our biggest box office draw since this company has opened. You beat him clean in the ring. We're clearly putting all of our chips into you for the future. Maybe that's Tony's Khan's bargaining chip. Because whatever whatever Vince McMahon tells MJF or whoever on behalf of him, they're never going to put all their chips on MJF. That's never going to be a thing that happens. Oh, you know who's going to do the heavy negotiating is Cody. That's I mean, I just think we all have the same advice. I think he's not going to be MJF. No, he's if, – if, if and he should want to continue to be that character. That's what made him him. It, you got to stay in AEW for that one. Yeah. Um, so, like, if but if you don't jump to Punk right away, which I don't think they should do anyways, I think the, uh, the elite storyline, however you get to that and around that, is a bigger draw anyways. Like, you know, you have Adam Cole or whoever. You have, you have options for, uh, for the summer for MJF. I wonder who is next after this Four Pillars. Interesting. Because there's not an immediate answer looking. Yeah, it really isn't. Which, which I think is why, like, I think it's Adam they, Cole. They, do, they didn't do a, single, a singles match because then whoever the other two you didn't pick, you could have built up into that next challenger. True. I think I think I heard mumblings of maybe Adam Cole could be the next. I think that's been the plan for a while, but it's sort of like Punk though. Can you count on Adam Cole to show up every day and be healthy? Yeah, that's just it. I would yeah. wait on Cole until you know that he's back back from injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's where we got looking for upcoming Sunday. So because what I don't want is Moxley. Like, we don't yeah. need to go back to Moxley. We don't need Jericho. We don't need Omega. Like, Danielson. it needs to be a different direction. Danielson, it needs to be a different direction. Yeah. A lot of guys coming back. Maybe Miro. Yeah. If he plays by the, you know, plays with the. Uh, you know, he'd depending be, on. He'd have to be okay to job every once in a while. But. Yeah. I mean, the short answer would be Wardlow, right? Because that's the built-in storyline that they never yeah, got Yeah, but I, he's cooled down drastically. Right, but if anybody could build him back up again, it would be that dude holding the mic in MJF. That's true. Plus, MJF's MJ- arm trading promos would be interesting. Right? Like, MJF has that ability that most people, and including The Rock, doesn't have, where he can talk somebody, he can talk shit to somebody while still building them up. That's true. That's true. So we got that to look forward to. Um, I think we should bring up the. Oh, wow. So I'm what? watching this week's Ring of Honor. Yeah. Shane Taylor and the Work Horsemen are taking on Shaft and Midnight Heat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Damn. Man, uh, Shout out to Midnight Heat. Quick question. Do you think, do you think uh, the BBC beats. Uh, <laughs> or the BCC. Yeah, BCC. Do they beat the Lucha Brothers for the ROH tag title since that's a match this upcoming week? No, I don't think so. What's the uh let's we're looking let's let's uh what's this Paul Roma thing, Mr. Booble? Well why don't we talk about the homework first? Okay. As we had homework as uh Corey had heat flashes last week and caused his back issue to go back to go out as he 
just had Paul Roma on his back the whole time. Not his mind, car- his back. I was carrying the Paul Roma love. No one else would. <laughs> As uh, last week, Corey had us watch SummerSlam 1990 as it's uh, the Rockers versus Hercules and Paul Roma. Or That's uh, say, Power and Glory, son. Uh, I'm sorry, Power and Glory. Or should uh, I just say Marty Jannetty taking on Power and Glory? So, yeah, it was a handicap match is what I saw. It was a double feature for us. Uh, and <laughs> LOL. So did you notice during the, the Rockers would always run to the ring? And this was a light jog being charitable. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Even Marty was going in halftime to accommodate the really legit injury Shawn Michaels had. And that was, so that was a legit injury that they did. Oh, yes. Uh, he heard it like a couple of days before the show. And back then you, you were advertised for the goddamn show. You worked it. You just figure so they, just, they just worked it into the storyline that uh, right at the beginning of the match, they would attack it with the chain. And all of a sudden, it became a glorified handicap match. Um, dude, I got to tell you guys, before you guys tell me what you thought, I loved this match as a kid. It just told a really interesting story I wasn't used to as a 10-year-old, where the one guy gets hurt, and the other guy just valiantly fights for the team against this newly minted tag team that had turned heel and had become something. And I thought this was really good for what it was. I mean, it's not a great match in a traditional sense. But in the story of the one guy fighting for both while the other guy tries to get up, that new fucking heel team is like, fuck you, we're just going to keep kicking you down. And even Piper, who's a baby face on commentary, really dragging the rockers. Do you notice that? I did. Uh, yeah. I, I also noticed that Shawn Michaels still on that gas at this time. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, I, thick boy. I, 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 it's that, it's that thing of I, 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 I enjoyed the match for what it was, and it's just like, I'm glad the one on two match, the one didn't win the match. You know, like. Yeah, in a different era, that well, he absolutely wins. Well, I mean, if it was Shawn Michaels, maybe, but it's Mark Janetti. I, mean, I know he's a he's a no sell award winner, and he is just dad, but you know, let's calm down. Uh, yeah. But that was a common thing, Corey, right? Or was that kind of new? It was common in the Attitude Era going forward. Yeah, they would absolutely win. You would. But, uh, but no, but uh, but I'm, talk, I'm talking about the, like, you're hurt, you're working. But, like, is, that, oh, was yeah. a, that was a common thing uh, during the WWF days. and Yeah. Like, one way. Okay. Up until, guaranteed, up until guaranteed contracts, unless you had a broken bone. That was sticking out of your skin or would, yeah. would uh, keep you from traveling. If you fucking were able to at least walk to the ring, you showed up and did your part because they didn't. I mean, fans, no shows were just not okay, even if there were injuries. Like, mm-hmm. uh, plus, they, plus, it's smart. It's a way to build it into the uh, rivalry and keep the, and you really. You really light up the Hill team. Like, all of a sudden, no, they took Sean out. He's going to miss. And he ended up missing two months. It was a knee injury. I think he had minor surgery. Um, and it really lit Power and Glory up. They were this, the brand-new Hill team. Hercules was washed as a baby face. Roma had never been above an enhancement talent. But all of a sudden, you put them together. They gelled really well. Slick was a good manager for him. And the Power and Glory name was cool. And all of a sudden, you just... You had something that wasn't there two months earlier, 
and you've used the rockers and this injury as a way to heat them up. And really, they got fucked by the system because they were on tap to beat the Hart Foundation for the tag titles at Mania 7 until the Nasty Boys showed up. And when they were able to get the Nasty Boys from WCW because they didn't have them under contract, they kind of promised them the titles and brought them in, and that kind of screwed up Roma and Hercules. They never got back on track after that. But it looked good. I, I like their finisher maneuver, the superplex, and then Roma hits the splash right afterwards. Yeah, it's a that good finisher. Cool. That's a real good double teamer. Yeah. They were a good team, man. Uh, just not very long lived because of it. But I like that. I always liked this little piece of business at SummerSlam 90. SummerSlam 90 is an all timer pay per view, too, by the way. But. I was going to ask anything we missed. Oh, Corey, uh, Boo, what do you think of the match? Uh, fairly similar to what Corey thought. Uh, I, w- I did not expect a handicap match going into the match. So Same. <laughs> I kept looking for Sean. Kept, honestly, because it's just my age and I think how we grew up in wrestling. I kept waiting for Sean to Superman up and make the save at the end. Uh, so when they beat him like clean in the ring, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that hard uh, that hard ring gets me every time. That hard ass ring, Jesus man. Oh yeah. So what else happened on this card? Well, uh, the next match was uh, the Texas Tornado Kerry Von Erich defeating Mr. Perfect to win the Intercontinental Title. The Tornado was a replacement, of course, for Brutus Beefcake, whose face had been literally crushed in. Kill oh, yourself. Kill yourself. Uh, so t- Tornado takes his place, wins the title. Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on, Corey. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What's up? Shawn Michaels guts out that performance, and Brutus Beefcake can't wheel his crippled ass into the (laughs) ring? What the fuck? Yeah, come on. (laughs) Dude, at this point, he still had putty on his face, trying to make it look like an actual face. He can put a mask on. Put put him in a mask. Yeah, come on, goddammit, you lazy fuck. (laughs) Kill yourself. The next match was supposed to be the sensational Queen Sherry against Sapphire. But Sapphire no shows. Now hold on. Yeah, hold on a minute. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a common theme tonight? Uh, hold on. I thought hold you on. said there was no I thought you said there was no no shows. Corey, what the fuck? The whole goddamn card's a no show. <laughs> After that, Tito Santana takes on the warlord with some questionably racist commentary from Roddy Piper about both Tito and Slick. Now, wait, a <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. He speaks in tongues. Oh, <laughs> he says uh, Slick must talk. Well, uh, I noticed in the first match, Piper wouldn't even say Slick's name. Yeah. It doesn't get better uh, in terms of that. Then after that, the uh, Hart Foundation defeat Demolition two out of three falls to win the tag titles. Uh, they didn't know who was it going to be. Was it going to be Axe and Smash? Smash and Crush. Axe and Crush. The only two were allowed at ringside. Crush and Slice. They, Dr. Pepper they, and Mr. Pibb. You never know. They do They do demolition twin magic. And try to... Uh, if you remember, Axe was pudgy and had thinning, uh, slick back hair. And then Crush was Crush. And apparently the ref couldn't tell the difference between the two of them. You can look what you can't touch. Even though there was about seven inches in height difference. Whatever. Um... The, ro- the Road Warriors come out to help the Hearts with that uh, after the Twin Magic distraction. And you can hear Smash uh, clear as day on the, the, the uh, camera in the entrance where I picked it up. 
what the fuck are you doing here? Um, so that worked take out. Take our well. gimmick back, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take it, our gimmick back. Uh, after that, um, who was? Oh yeah, the big boss man pulling double duty tonight was the special guest referee for Jake the Snake versus Bad News Brown, where uh, Bad News Brown promised <coughs> to counterattack Jake's Snake Damien with a Harlem sewer rat. <laughs> But never came through with that. <laughs> I shit you not. <laughs> that match ends up in a DQ. Bad News Brown leaves the company. Not much else there. I, I, You have to hear this next match to believe it. Are you ready? Yeah. The Orient Express, Pat Tanaka and Akio Sato, take on the All-American Tag Team of Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Nikolai Volkov. What? Including Nikolai Volkov singing the uh, national anthem. Hmm. Was he better than Roseanne Barr? Yes. Brother Love Show with a special guest, Sergeant Slaughter, who presents the Medal of American Freedom or whatever to Brother Love as a great American. Bruce Pitcher jacked off that of, later. Uh, <laughs> said we're all a bunch of uh, pussy commie pukes. Um, then, you know, Dusty, he's been worried all night looking for Sapphire. But he's got to go to the ring now and take on Macho King Randy Savage. And uh, right as the bell rings, Ted DiBiase comes up on the interview podium and introduces his newest uh, purchase. Yeah, he purchased a black woman, Sapphire. Oh, hold up. Hang on. <laughs> now, now, hold, now, Shawn Michaels earlier. <laughs> this distracts Dusty so much that uh, Savage beats him in about two minutes flat. Uh, and then he runs after DiBiase's limo and doesn't catch up to it. So, Corey. Yes. In, in, in a better scenario, I'm guessing Dusty Rose versus Macho Man Savage would have been a fantastic match. Oh, yeah. In another scenario, that'd be fun. But instead, <laughs> we get a two-minute squash. That checks out. But, hey, it wasn't a rib, guys. Nope. Not at all. Then in the next match, we have the reason people actually showed up. Hulk Hogan taking on Earthquake. Um, Dino Bravo in Earthquake's corner. Big Boss Man in Hulk Hogan's corner after Tugboat thought he was uh, too important and got suspended for a fucking couple weeks. So Boss Man pulling double duty here. And, uh, that va vaunted baby face, Big Boss Man. <laughs> right. So this was a good match. Earthquake it was a was an was a agile big worker. Hogan, they had good chemistry. They made a lot of money together. Hogan hits him. So after the match, uh, Earthquake starts choking Bossman. He's got he's got his he's got Bossman up in the air as so he's choking him, right? And Bossman ain't no small guy. And Hogan grabs a steel, like one of those like workmen's like step chairs. You can go two steps up to change something or other. Yeah. And he takes that and he just pounds Earthquake in the back like four times with it while he's holding Bossman there. You can see these gnarly red bloody welts just building up on Earthquake's back. That's a shoot, brother. He's just hitting the shit out of him with these things. And then the main event, still cage match, Ultimate Warrior defeats Rick Rude to keep the belt. Sure, that's a five-star classic. And that's SummerSlam 90, which is a, it's a fun-ass show, but yeah. my God, there's a lot of interesting things happening on there. My God. So I believe it's Mr. Booble. 
Do you have homework for us next week? Oh, I do. I'm going to get to that shortly. Okay. Because right now, I have a surprise for you, gentlemen. Uh-oh. I did the yeoman's work. So after taking out Corey last week, you know, I'd do something else that can make up for it, right? So I went on the World Wide Webs, and I found the top six rated Paul Roma matches, as oh done God. by my Uncle Dave at the Wrestling <laughs> Observer Newsletter. Oh, my God. And I'm going to tell you, I, I went with the top six because there was only six of his that were rated three stars <laughs> or above. <laughs> how, long, how, long did Paul Roma, how long did Paul Roma wrestle, Corey? Oh, a good 12, 13 years. Yeah, so he had six. Um, so would you guys like me to read best to worst or worst to best? Worst, worst to, best. to best. Okay. So number six, and then Corey, what I was thinking is uh, I'll read you the match and the rating, and you can kind of give us uh, your thoughts on it if you remember or know the match. Okay. So number six, from Clash of the Champions 24, for the tag team titles, got three stars. It is Paul Roma and Arn Anderson defeating Lord Steven Regal and stunning Steve Austin. For the tag belts. Yeah. Yeah, Steve, uh, Steve Regal was a replacement for an injured Brian Pillman. So it would have been the horseman against the Hollywood Blondes. But Regal takes his place because he's legit injured. And the horseman beat Austin and Regal, which when, on paper, what a fucking team. Um, yep. To, yep. To win the belts. I do remember it. It opened the show. It was okay. Nothing special. So um, I got three stars for Meltzer. Roma, easily the worst worker of the bunch. <laughs> Uh, so, Corey, before I go on, what did you give their, that match we just watched? Oh, the Rocker one? I don't know. It's, it's yeah. two and three quarters. It's, it's okay. a squash. It's elongated, like, you know. So, number five, we go to uh, Cyber Slam 1990. We have Hercules and Roma defeating the Rockers. They also give that three stars. Yeah, I'm, I'm in that area. All right. <laughs> uh, number four, we go to Survivor Series. 1990 at three and a quarter stars. Uh, you ready for this, Jobin? We have. Yes. Oh, I love this. Hercules, Paul Roma, Ricky Martel, or Corey, if you would please. We oui, we oui, Ricky Martel. Uh, and Warlord oh, defeating. Defeat now that was the team, Joe. They defeated this team of Jake Roberts, the Murderer, Jimmy Snuka, and the Rockers. Good God. So Jake's team was called the Vipers. <laughs> and this is the time frame where Ricky Martel had uh, blinded Jake Roberts with the perfume, with the arrogance. So, of course, Rick Martel's team was named the Visionaries. <laughs> That's some dodgeball-ass bullshit. And in the first ever uh, occurrence of this happening, Rick Martel's team wins in full. Four people remained. Nobody got eliminated from that team. They just decimated Jake Roberts' team one by one. And so they completely won. They ran the table. Awesome. Uh, that got three and a quarter stars. Yeah, that's about right. It's, uh, it's an okay Survivor Series match. It's nothing to write home about, but it was. it's mostly uh, known as the first time a team had ever completely survived. That's incredible. All right, let's go to the next match. This is number three. Uh, it's from Survivor Series 1988. Oh, yeah. 
We have the team of the Hart Foundation, the Bulldogs, the Rockers, Jim Powers, Paul Roma, Barbarian, and Warlord. Defeating Axe and Smash, the Conquistadors, uh, Nikolai Volkov and his partner Boris Zukov. Zukov. Yep. The Rougeaus, Arn Anderson, and Tully Blanchard. Jesus. Ten, I have five teams against five teams. Ten on ten. Yep. Uh, I love this fucking match. Uh, <laughs> so many fun things in this match. The Conquistadors are the second to last team eliminated. They're like the ultimate jobber team, and they last the entire time. Um, Fuji turns on Demolition to go with the Powers of Pain. Uh, they legit have to keep the Rougeos and Bulldogs apart as much as they can because a month earlier, uh, Jacques Rougeau had used a fistful of quarters to knock Dynamite Kid's teeth out in a cheap shot uh, in their locker room uh, because Dynamite had uh, punked him out and bullied him in the locker room, and he had to save face. So, yeah. He nah, legit knocked his teeth out. Uh, the Bulldogs were going to kill him. Uh, Vince had to get involved. <laughs> Vince paid for Dynamite's uh, teeth uh, to get fixed. Um, he even congratulated the Rougeos for doing it because Dynamite had become an unsuffable prick. They thought he, when he called him into the office, they thought he was going to fire him. He actually congratulated him and said, this shit has to stop. Uh, and that's when he's like, uh, as far as they're concerned, you're paying for his teeth, but I'm going to pay it. Don't worry about it. Uh, like, and then the Bulldogs <laughs> give their notice, uh, but they were both the, they kept them apart on the road because they were running three crews a night, right? They kept them apart on the road for like four weeks, but they were both in this match. And if you notice, they barely touch each other. And then Bulldogs are eliminated, and they they leave the company. Holy fuck! <laughs> um, yeah, and Jesus and Arn and Tully and Arn and Tully and the Rockers start a really awesome feud uh, during this match. So yeah. That got three and a half stars. It was a great match. I love it. It's one of my favorite Survivor Series matches to go back and watch. Survivor Series 88 as a whole is probably my favorite one to go back and watch. Oh, nice. Uh, So number two on this list uh, from Beach Blast 1993 for the tag titles. You have the Hollywood Blondes, Brian Pillman and Steve Austin defeating Paul Roma and Arn Anderson. Good match. What I remember most about this match, though, it has nothing to do with the action, but has to do with Paul Roma and Arn Anderson's completely 1993 um, airbrushed white tights that has the fucking an airbrushed like horseman on the beach, two co- two horses on the beach like running. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the t-shirts and tights are so bad. It's so 1993. Um, so it's something Joe would absolutely wear. Oh yeah, he'd like he'd buy one tomorrow if he knew the, what they were. If I could, um, I would. It's it's an okay match. Again, he's the yeah. If you notice, all these matches involve a lot more than just Paul Roma. He's just there. Uh, so that match got three and three quarter stars. It's a good tag match. Hollywood Blondes were a great team. Oh, they're so great good. Team. Now I uh, need to. Uh, this is my Jeff Mack moment of the night coming up here shortly. Because the best match of all time for Paul Roma, as rated by Dave Meltzer, is from Survivor Series 87. We got ready four go. stars. You ready for this, Joe? Yeah. Because, my God. 
We have the team of B. Brian Blair, Davey Boy Smith, the Dynamite Kid, the Rougeau Brothers, Jim Brunzel, Jim Powers, Paul Roma, Tito Santana, and Ricky Martel, who of course, Corey. Wait, wait, Ricky Martel. They oh, defeat. Uh, oh, hold on. Hold yeah, on. go ahead. T- Tito and Martel were the tag champs, uh, Strike Force. Free Brian Blair and, and Jim Brunzel, the Killer Bees. Then you had the Bulldogs. Roma and Powers were the Young Stallions. Um, Ooh, sexy. Who Jimmy Hart sang their theme song. And the storyline, hold on, the storyline, because they they actually paid attention to shit back then. The storyline is that Jimmy Hart recorded that for the Hart Foundation, but the Young Stallions stole it. And that's why you had heel manager Jimmy Hart singing their theme song. That's incredible. And then the Rouge. Oh, my God. So that team of like 755 people defeat Axe and Smash, Boris Zukov, Nikolai Volkov, Bret Hart, Dino Bravo, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Haku, uh, and Jim Knight. And Tama. And Tama, yeah. Yep, the Islanders, Haku and Tama. Tama being Rikishi's older brother, or no, twin brother. Twin brother. Yeah. Um, the Samoan Savage later on in WCW. And um, you guys would remember him from, as Roddy Piper's tag team partner in that immortal movie, Body Slam. Um, oh, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, Which I believe you can listen to on the queue, I believe. Yes, you can. The, the great Dirk Benedict. Um, yeah, that's a fun match, too. Uh, again, they they did what they never – they decided to give a couple dogs a bone, and that's eliminate the Bulldogs and Strike Force, all the heavy names. And the sole survivors were the Young Stallions of Roma and Powers and the Killer Bees together, two teams that normally didn't get their time to shine were the sole survivors. Uh, after the killer bees went under the ring and put on their masks so that the ref couldn't tell which one was which and they would just change places and the fresh guy would always get the win and after the other guy had been beaten up for 20 minutes. Uh, but because they had masks on now, nobody could tell the difference between them. That match so, yeah. got four stars. It's a wow. good match. I don't wow, know if it's wow. four stars, good, but it's a good match. Uh... So I will point out real quick, I was looking at this list again. So there were six matches on here, Corey. And five of the six that Dave Meltzer rated highly, Paul Roma was on the winning team. Hmm. I'm just saying. I'm saying, Paul Romolo. Hmm. Makes, you, makes great, you wonder. My all-time four horsemen, Kendall Wyndham, Paul Roma, Mongo McMichael, and Sid. I mean, it doesn't get better than that. That's my foursome. Man. So, uh, Mr. <laughs> Booble, what are we doing? Uh, so I thought long and hard about this. I thought about just give, like picking just an atrocious match, but I didn't. I picked a match that I have never seen. I know oh, both of you. I know both of you have seen it, and one of you was in attendance for. Ooh, we're going. To No Mercy 2008. Oh, we're going to Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho. God damn, that's a great match. That's you just hit a home run. 
<laughs> yeah, I have never seen this match. Oh, you're in for a treat. No spoilers, but uh, that's good. That's a great match. Awesome. Okay. I haven't seen that since the day of, and so that'll be fun to see how the, the you know not being in the arena. Yeah, I would. Okay. That's a good one. Okay. Where were you sitting, Joe? Um, camera. So the cam. We were looking at the camera, but we were like second row, like second deck. Okay. But like literally, it was like thirty, forty bucks at that time. Like it was cheap. Like it was like. Really good seats for like the, the you know the not as much to be spent so, but I always try. I think I've I've tried. I've actually I've tried to look and see if I can watch that show again. I always try to see if I can see me and, but I'll I'll give the old college try again when we uh watch it this upcoming week. That was the first show since they came back to Portland in 03 that I didn't go to. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I went 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 to it on the. When I want did did the other Raw go after this one right? The one with like Lashley and. That was before this. Before yeah, I was gonna go to that one, but the uh, good old JR's car got broken into, so we had to wait. So we went to this one. So this was like my first ever event. Going to a uh, a raw sh- uh, WWE show. What is this? Jesus pay-per-view. Christ! Yeah. So talk about being spoiled on your debut. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. So because Triple H and Jeff Hardy was also a really good match. Yeah, it was. Uh, my who my brother went and left for the Batista match. Didn't last long. <laughs> Didn't last long. He's like, "What the hell happened?" It's like, yeah, "It's over." Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, that was a fun show. Um, and then we're pub. Um, Fake movie expert says this upcoming week we will be uh, showing off Fast Ten and what we thought of the review of Fast Ten. So that will be coming up this upcoming week. And then after, because of a uh, loading errors by yours truly, um, we'll be coming out with the Smoking the Bandit. Woo! Uh, what we thought of those two movies. Uh, which I tell you, I just watched the first one. Oh, so good. I love, I mean, I never get tired of it, Mike. God damn, it's good. So, upcoming uh, Fast 10, and then at the week after, we'll be smoking the Bandit franchise. Uh, I don't know you... who the snowman is. Oh, yeah, well, what? I'm not going to go by and introduce him. <laughs> so, uh, you can find all that at nosoentertainment.com. That's right, nosoentertainment.com, where you can find everything that we do for you you can follow all of us on the social medias at no so ent or no so entertainment on the facebook twitter and the instagram you can listen to us on apple Podcasts, spotify and wherever you listen to your podcast paul roma